0: Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. Ten years. In the course of life for a restaurant, this is either insignificant or it's everything. And oftentimes, getting through the first 365 days of service can really set the pace for the next nine years. And good golly are the stories what make it awesome and worth. All of it. And thusly, we're celebrating an incredible restaurant, culinary team, a restaurant group, and generally a wonderful mess of people right here in Atlanta. And it's the Iberian Pig, part of Castellucci Hospitality Group, and they're turning 10. And these guys got their start back in 2009 in Decatur Square, and they've seen a lot in the years since getting things going. And in fact, the story of one of the restaurants is also the story of many others under the Castellucci umbrella, which you're going to hear more of in this episode. And seriously, though... Some of the stories that you're about to hear are absolutely insane, hilarious, and absolutely worthy of appreciation. So I sat down with Fred and John Castellucci and Edwin Molina, who's been with them since the very beginning, and we, I laughed a lot during this recording. So here are the guys. Enjoy the stories, and happy 10th birthday to the Iberian pig. had a really interesting childhood of busy parents, busy family in the restaurant world, but from, from you guys as brothers, um, you know, I, cause I, I really love like hearing some of the memories of you guys, like growing up in the restaurant. But John, I want to hear from you, like what's like a standout memory of growing up with like Sugo happening in the background right. and you're the youngest of the three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, like, what's, what's a memory that kind of stands I think out in terms of like when we're eating, I think one of my
1: like youngest memories is when fred was on the line at uh the roasted garlic which was our restaurant even predates sugo when we first moved to atlanta oh yeah um and i would request like really basic shit like fettuccine alfredo and i'd be like fred can you make me some <laughs> fettuccine alfredo <laughs> and he'd be like yeah fine like i'll make it huh. and like just like frustrated and i would just be like oh, I think <laughs> and then I would just, like, bust tables for the rest of the night. But, like, knowing that, like, my brother made me, like, this fettuccine alfredo was so satisfying. And, yeah. like, I feel like he put a lot of love into it at the time, which is, like, more than he could have ever, like, said. It was, like, he made this delicious fettuccine alfredo for me. And then people would be, like, would imitate my voice. Be like, "Frank, can you make the fettuccine alfredo? <laughs> and, like, I remember it being, like, an ongoing joke in the restaurant in the kitchen. But I didn't care because I got the fettuccine Alfredo,
0: yeah. and they didn't. I think when you're yeah. a kid, though, fettuccine Alfredo is kind of badass. It's like, pretty badass, that, that's, yeah. like if, like, that's the most sophisticated dish you can think of as a nine-year-old. It's year like old. noodles and a cheese sauce. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. but it, it can break you It because you don't, you don't want your sauce to break when you're making you Alfredo. Thankfully, we had a talented saute cook at yeah. That time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many years apart are you guys in age? Six. Uh, six, yeah. yeah. Six. And then Stephanie is how, old, how much younger well, than Well John 20? used to get
2: paraded oh. around the dining room back then. Oh, were you the yeah, golden child? Everybody uh, loved you? I was, yeah. Well no, they Do paraded around and did little performances at tableside. Wow. scarred like, me forever. Yeah, I mean wait, it, wait, wait. Yes. What?
0: Yeah. That's like why I don't you, go into the dining that's room why. anymore. <laughs> that is. Like amazing. that's why he's a chef. Like you were I prefer the dish pit. <laughs> like you were entertaining guests and stuff. Oh, they would yeah. be like,
1: Oh, it's a birthday and I would have to go out and sing happy birthday to them.
0: So they just, like, tapped you of, like, yeah. hey, do the most embarrassing shit you can think of? Like, you're short. Me. Stand on a chair. <laughs> I feel so like it was more
2: elaborate you. than just birthday songs, though. You guys had, like... We had a routine. You had a routine. There was instruments involved. You
0: <laughs> had a routine. Is I think there was a tambourine. <laughs> we maybe? need to unpack this. Do you know this, uh, Edwin? I had There's no clue. No 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 this was, video, was all new to me. No, I'm having a great time. We're going to sit over here, and you guys are going to talk about this a little bit. because This is awesome. Good. Yeah.
1: I think it was just, like, our my dad in particular was like desperate to make every guest happy. So we had to do that as well. So if like we needed to go out there and, (laughs) and like entertain the guests, then that's what we did. So you just go out, you know, sing a little happy birthday in the Frank Sinatra voice, you know, do the every once in a while and,
3: and then go to the back and ask for Fettuccine Alfredo. (laughs) Go to
1: the back and ask for Fettuccine Alfredo.
0: I, 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 I kind of have sympathy for you, but at the same time, like I can only imagine how much, like no, he got fettuccine, fettuccine was, alfredo every great. night. Yeah. But you were don't feel did, bad. You, did you school? relish in his embarrassment, or did you not really care?
2: No, I mean we were getting pummeled in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like just well, the, the, the whole f- menu was saute. So the the person working saute <laughs> 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 just got their ass kicked all <laughs> night. The, long. the whole menu. I was went saute. to middle school <laughs> at
1: the grocery store next door. That was literally literally. It was a grocery store that turned into a Christian middle school that uh, John Smoltz decided to start. And my dad was like, "Oh, next door to the restaurant, you're enrolled." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I went to middle school at the in the the grocery lot store the next door <laughs> in the parking lot. So I would get there at 8 a.m., go to school. All my friends would watch me go walk into the restaurant, <laughs> go to work that night. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents would pick them up. Sometimes they would come in for dinner. You know, have me sing he's
2: for them. Nine years old. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ten. You're saying this
0: so nonchalantly, but I'm like if my my mouth should be hanging open i was like this is too good of a story it was like one grocery store <laughs> so it was one
1: shopping center that was my entire childhood <laughs> and this I feel is like i'm going to go to the mcdonald's at the end of the street Oh, wow that was the yeah. highlight of the week that was the highlight yeah where i actually this? got uh written up for that once i escaped lunch to go to mcdonald's
0: dang damn you john damn it
1: <laughs> where was this again this is up in john this week, is right? an alfredo An alfredo yeah okay. okay.
2: predate sugo yeah which uh-huh. i guess
1: we should i guess tell the
2: story a little bit before suga well yeah i mean that's just uh you know that's how we came to atlanta was we uh opened a restaurant in 98 i think it was now uh maybe end of 90s no it had been 98 my dad and uh another couple you know my dad had moved here moved us here from rhode island and basically picked atlanta out of a forbes magazine because it was like fastest growing cities in America. Yeah, he had just lost everything in his restaurants, and so packed us up in the Volvo station wagon, three kids and a dog and a cat, and drove down south. So yeah. that's how we came here. And then within a year, he, you know, basically, you know, <laughs> found these swindled these people into, you know. Opening a restaurant with us, because you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Well, no, he was working at
1: Publix. He was working at the Publix prepared food section. It was making pastas. Yeah, and he was like handing them out to people for free, on Publix's dime. Well, he was also <laughs> working
2: like three jobs too. He was like he had like a morning job, right? He had a night job. He had like another part time job. He was just trying to trying to support the family, and then um, he knew he needed to get some capital to try to open the restaurant. Uh, open a restaurant. So you know we found this family in the subdivision essentially, and they basically On the tennis team. schmoozed, my dad schmoozed them into opening a restaurant with us. So. You know why? Because in the uh, business plan was John
0: singing, happy birthday right? Yeah, and so, doing your routine. Anyway, that's how we got started.
2: <laughs> exactly. That was the first <laughs> restaurant.
0: So. But I think, you know, I spent, I spent a lot of time at grog and like with my family or just, you know, I have meetings here or whatever. And every time that I see your guys, dad, Federico mm-hmm. sitting at the end of the bar at recess. He just looks like a guy who has so many good stories. Oh man, don't get yeah, him started. Yeah. But I've I want to all. take days. Why I have a podcast. i right? know. Like, <laughs> seriously. he's just like slide the recorder in front of him like he would be a <laughs> better guest in ours. We need to book him, him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he be a better guess. I'm going to sit down with him one day and I can't wait to but
2: yeah. I'm going to I'm going to skip up, you know, about 10 years of history though so we can fast forward this um, you know, eventually, the partnership didn't work out with the other family, so we started Sugo, and that's right. that's basically how Sugo came about. Was like the roasted garlic two point was basically ah, okay. the same restaurant with a different name and no partners. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh. so that was you know that was two thousand three um, when we opened that restaurant, and then now uh, you know the next the next big opening for us was two thousand nine. Iberian Pig. Yeah. So,
0: and it's it's just amazing too because you know I, I think of I think of how many how many times I've been in a in a restaurant that's part of you guys restaurant group and they've either grown to more than one location or they were in one location in the beginning and now they're in a completely different location now. Um, I remember going to let me Double Zero back when I was up in mm-hmm. Sandy Springs. That was probably like twenty. Fifteen, I guess. Twenty-four. They yeah, opened in two thousand eleven. Yeah, so it was probably twenty. It was actually no. That would probably have been twenty thirteen, and then the last the the last visit that I had was probably a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago, at the new location. I hadn't been back mm-hmm. since. You know. So it's um it's just it's amazing to see how much how much there really is to unpack in the whole story of like the Castellucci hospitality group, but your family, like your mom, your dad, like, um, I love that I got to hear so much of your guys' history, like from you and Stephanie and like, you mm-hmm. know, hearing that story of, you know, you guys moving down here, you know, from Rhode Island and, um, you know, and, and now we're sitting here talking about you know, the guy, yeah, 10 years ago, we opened the Iberian pig and like, there's just a lot to unpack there. You know, we're going to, we're going to have to do like 10 episodes and then, yeah. <laughs> Three of them will be just with your dad, you know, to really uh, cover all that. But all of them. Yeah, but, I mean, I think the mark of, like, what you guys have done in 10 years is pretty remarkable. And um, and that's – I want to shift over to Edwin. You know, I um, know that you've been a huge part of this. So, I want to get to know you a little bit as well. So, tell us a little bit about your background and also, like, you know, how you got into food, Edwin.
3: Yeah, so, I grew up um, in South Georgia, uh, a little town called Americus. I know America's Um, really well. Just a little spot on the map down there, down in Southwest Georgia. Um, Screw up there. Um, My parents were, you know, you know, they were immigrants from Mexico. Um, So when they immigrated to, uh, to America, they spent a good amount of time um, out West Um, in New Mexico. My, my father spent most of his childhood in, in El Paso. So, um, a lot of his family moved uh, to South Georgia, so that's kind of where, you know, the whole family kind of, you know, shifted to in 95, I want to say, mm. um, and um, just kind of grew up there, small town, very rural, and, you know, obviously nothing like, nothing like Atlanta, and I just remember having, like, field trips to Atlanta and being like, one day I'm going to live here. <laughs> one day I'm going <laughs> to get the hell out of this hell hole, right. and I'm going to come live here in the, you know, quote-unquote big city. You know, at least that's the way that I saw it. So, um, came here for school, and the rest of it was history.
0: So you stuck around. Yeah, that's awesome. I d- did the damn thing. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so how did how did you end up? How did how did you get to know Fred or the Castellucci family? Like, how, how long have you been a part of? Of everything, Iberian Pig, and like, I mean, I know you've been yeah. all, part of a lot of the other restaurants under the umbrella yeah. as well. Like, when did that start for you? So, October of what, 2009? Yeah. yeah. All 10, 10 years, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. 10 years, yeah. Man. The OG
1: of the OGs. Yeah. Wow.
3: October 2009, I was living in Decatur and I had just been laid off um, from a restaurant that had closed in Buckhead. Uh, I was kind of running their sushi program there. And, um, I was like taking a break. I was taking like a month break and I was living in Decatur and I was just walking in the square and kind of doing a little bit of exploring. And I saw that, that this bright white facade with all the stickers and all the like emblems and everything. I was like, I'm going to walk in there and see, see what's going on in there. And I walked in and the chef at the time, uh, hired me on the spot. And you know, that was kind of the end of it. That was, you
2: know, that's all she wrote. <sighs> wow. So 10 years ago.
0: So, but that, that's a great, I mean,
2: like hired on the spot. Cause you know, we're desperate and, and Edwin like literally kind of like saved our ass. Cause you know, we were only what six weeks into the opening. Yeah. I think it was six something weeks. Something yeah. like that. Oh my I mean, gosh. it was I mean, the restaurant just open. <clears throat> you know, we were, we were still like pulling our hair out just, you know, trying to keep the thing afloat. Um, I mean, he didn't know what he was walking into, um, <laughs> no but no <laughs> you know, he essentially, you know, helped us kind of get things on track there. Um, and you know, Edwin was what? 19 at the time. I think younger than that. Yeah, 1920 yeah. or something like that. Um, wow. Yes, I mean, we noticed from the very beginning, super, like, focused, mature, like, did, you know, circles around pretty much everybody else Man. in the kitchen out the gate. So.
0: so so let's back up for just a second, and let's talk about, like, how how you guys actually got to opening the Iberian Pig, and then... Edwin, and then Edwin walks in, like, after six weeks after you guys are opening. So what what was, like, the what was like that inspiration point? Like, when did you guys know that you wanted to open this concept, and then it happened to be in Decatur Square?
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of um, serendipitous. After I had taken over the Sugo and Johns Creek in 2007 and, you know, was able to turn that business around and eventually get it to break even and then above that, um, essentially took a little bit of capital and decided at that point that if we were really going to be successful and make a run at this, it wasn't going to happen overnight, at least, in on the backside of a shopping center in Johns Creek. Yeah. It's just going to be tough. You know, ironically, today, Sugo, 10 years later, is one of our most successful restaurants in that same location on the backside of a shopping center in Johns really? Creek. So You know, it's it's funny, but the the model of focusing on the customer experience, one guest at a time, all that stuff really does work. It's a long term strategy and you have to invest in the long term. But it does actually pay off eventually. Hmm. Um, But at the time, I I didn't see 10 years in the future. I was like, how are we going to make an impact now? And so I wanted to open, you know, a restaurant that was my own idea and concept and name and brand and design and all that stuff. And so I kind of had this idea for Spanish tapas, which didn't exist at the time in Atlanta. There was no Spanish tapas restaurants. The ones that did exist were actually more like Mexican, Latin American small plates, more or less. Right. Right. Uh, And so to do like, you know, actual Spanish tapas and focus on the ingredients of Spain and the jamone Iberico and the wines and the cheeses and some of the simple kind of ingredients and flavors and also food that we just thought was delicious. You know, not necessarily authentic, authentic first, but delicious first, and uh, and that, that's kind of really where the the idea came about. Um, mm-hmm. And when I realized that not not only was there no Spanish tapas, but there was no one serving the jamon ibérico, like that product didn't exist. Right. And you know, I came up with like five names for the restaurant, one of which was Iberian Pig, just because, to me, that was kind of like a cornerstone of the concept. This is like Spain's best ingredient, right? You know, and uh, it, you know, I'm I'm a fan of you know. English names people are they're easy for people to kind of repeat you know Uh, and so I put together that list and I sent it out to a bunch of people and got their opinions on it and this was during the swine flu epidemic do you you remember that a long time ago so I got some negative feedback about swine flu and some other things and (laughs) people didn't like the name at first and I remember our bar manager at the time uh, Thomas who created the cocktail program for Iberian pig of which some items are still there, including the Iberian Old Fashioned, the bacon infused whiskey Old Fashioned, was like, that's the name. He's like, there's no other name. That's the name. And I'm like, I'm glad you agree. I was like, because that's how I was feeling. (laughs) So and, you know, the other side of it is we when we opened the restaurant, um, Chad, who's my former business partner and friend from Cornell, um, you know, we um, came together in Atlanta and, you know, we, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have any money to open the restaurant, so we basically were doing it on the fly. And so, I hired a general contractor and uh, gave him the depo- a deposit, which was a good chunk of the money we had to open the restaurant, twenty grand. And two thousand nine, the recession, and he came in, did a little bit of demo work, so he kind of messed the restaurant up, and yeah. then left town with the money. <laughs> oh so, I had some, you know, tough decisions to make, and. Became the general contractor and had a uh, you know shady general contractor write his signature on the permit, and then hired all the subs and essentially got the restaurant open on eighty grand, and and, then a, and then a bunch of like IOUs on top of that, including yeah. some barter. So what most people don't know is that when we opened on day one, we had overdrawn our bank accounts negative 10 grand so we had no money in anywhere we were actually negative and then we had about 20 grand in almost 30 grand in in food and alcohol inventory of which you know it's illegal to have alcohol inventory that's unpaid for in the restaurant so we opened on Friday night it was like kind of do or die it's like if we don't bring any cash over the weekend you know all the checks are going to bounce and we're going to be in (laughs) deep shit so
0: I like that you're smiling about this now I would love to see Fred back in 2009 when you're dealing with this I'd be, I, you situation. know what?
2: Back then, I'd be smiling too, because
0: oh, really? You, you <laughs> smiling and 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, that's kidding. a that's a, a true that's a re- that's a remark only that a brother is going to bring up. Yeah. Uh, so. Let's not forget about um, let's not let's not forget about how how much of a different shape you were back then. Too. Yeah, <laughs> let's not forget that B- the business was stress. fine. But yeah, yeah. Let's about, yeah, let's talk about let's it talk about, about your
1: late night eating habits <laughs> during those times. <laughs> that's right. Did that's you go with that? Right. <laughs>
0: you, you didn't even try and make it mean. You were just like, no, th- this is um,
2: just, just want to paint, I just, I just we paint j- the picture. I just here. need to paint the picture. I just need to be clear. Yeah, we need
1: to paint a clear picture here. Yeah. So anyway, and then you
2: know, opening night happened, and we got our ass kicked. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. We well, This is early social media. So we had, like, a like an Iberian pig Facebook profile that was a person. Yeah, because you and couldn't make a page yet. No, no pages. Yeah. So I was, like, you know, creepily on Twitter and <laughs> on Facebook <laughs> with this Ibe- fictitious character, Iberian pig, going around, like, you know, friending people and commenting. Like a serial killer. Commenting on stuff. <laughs> I and I wish we had the article of the Blackberry. I know. There, yeah, there was an early article of like me with my blackberry he's like like showing his blackberry
1: in front of the iberian pig it's like social media social media (laughs) maybe or something like that yeah ridiculous
2: anyway but we were utilizing social media before it was even used for businesses and our opening night it was a friday night we got crushed i mean it was like yeah i mean it was insane we didn't think anyone was going to show up we had we were like we're just we have no money nothing's paid for so Wow. Whatever we can bring in tonight is going to yeah. be positive. So we opened the doors. Over 200 people showed up on opening night, and it it's was a, a, a slaughter fest. I mean, what it else was is going
0: on in the square though? So it's you guys, brick store. What else?
2: That that was it. I mean, like, oh, and then there was like Billy Allen and You could and you could get you know your venereal disease check two doors down. Yep. Oh, that's dope. Uh, oh, yeah, there's Thai There's a bunch of empty storefronts. Um, so. You know, the Decatur Square was certainly not what it is today. Yeah. Was there like a tumbleweed uh, no, going through you know, the middle <laughs> of Decatur Square? Yeah. It, it was like, there's the no Jenny's one. ice cream, I can no. tell you, that no, no, no. right no. now. i yeah. uh, so I'm pretty
0: sure Jenny Britton Bauer, if she went and visited Decatur Square back in 2009, she'd been like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> not but yet.
2: Yeah, so. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it was tough. And we, you know, the first night was r- brutal. I called Stephanie in. Uh, from the other restaurant where she was running Sugo at the time, and was like, "Hey, you need to come in." Just literally left the restaurant in charge with in, with the servers in charge. So like, no supervision wow. whatsoever, no management. Just like <laughs> went down to Decatur, and I remember from Alpha Oh wait, yeah. From, wait, from where John's was Sugo? John's, John's, yeah. yeah. Johns Creek. Yeah, Johns okay, Creek. So that's even like deeper she worked into Expo. I was like between the floor and the fryer because I was just like throwing stuff in the fryer and just bringing it out to customers like, wow, here's something for free. Cause whatever you ordered, you're probably not going to get it. So it was <laughs> brutal. Uh, but that being said, we got through the night and I remember there was some cash left over. And that morning, Chad and I woke up like super early, went to Atlanta fixture and bought like pots and pans and spatulas and tongs and all that stuff. Because we didn't have any of it. It was all left over from the restaurant that had closed three years before that. So, all of our stuff to cook with was you three see. years old, and yeah. and most of it disappeared in construction. So, wow. I mean, there were guys working the line with no tongs. Have like. you
0: ever told this story before? Like, in a, in a way that's the not people like people in you the guys, company. Probably, I was yeah. gonna say you guys yeah. are just like shooting internally. The shit. Yeah, internally, internally shooting yeah. the shit with with people like, oh, you know what you're not going to believe this back in 2009, you know, here's what happened. Yeah. You've never like, never like told this story.
2: Uh, a couple times, but you know, we, I do in our like leadership training and stuff. Yeah. I tell like the full story of the company, um, which, you know, this is a big part of it for sure. And, uh, the opening of Iberian pig really set us up to, for all the growth that we've had so, that, since then. So it was like, That's you know, that was a, a home run and, you know, it just kept growing and growing, and growing. And, uh, you know, Edwin came on board six weeks later and then, you know n- shortly after that we were opening double zero and promoted Edwin to work on the opening team with us over there Wow and this you know th- that story is almost just as crazy because like I had gotten through the opening of Iberian pig things were going well we were making money for like the first time in our whole lives you know we'd never known what it was like to actually like have it some cash in the bank yeah and then I signed a lease for a ten thousand square foot restaurant in Sandy Springs. Um, I remember it
0: being so huge. It's I mean, so weird. The, the one yeah. over enormous, enormous, enormous. The, the one near Emory is so considerably pretty big. larger restaurant than most. Yeah, but the it's one still smaller by a significant I was going to say, but the one in Sandy Springs less. was. I was like, do I keep walking to get to the bathroom? <laughs> like th- and then <laughs> okay, there was no. the patio. Like, I just oh, remember. I just remember. The Yeah. I just, <laughs> remember, ball yeah. <laughs> I just remember everything was like this is such a large. Amount of space. Yeah. And I was always impressed by it.
2: Well and then the, the crazy thing is is, you know, we got into it and I tried to, you know, use the same playbook as Iberian Pig was just be scrappy and, you mm-hmm. know, try to hire the subs myself and and it was such a huge construction project that it was just way, way over my head from wow. that perspective. So we ended up spending all this money on the on the build out. I had no investors or even debt lined up. So I ran out of cash again and then had to hit up like literally friends, family, whoever I could for like 10, 20 grand increments to get the project done. Cause like the crews were literally not going to keep working unless they got paid. And so I raised like 200 grand in two weeks to get the restaurant open. And from just like literally friends and family and like pass the hat around basically. And so, that's how we got open and then even crazier we get open the opening really hard it not going great it's we getting, we're getting crushed because Pitching. it's such a big space it's, it's and big you i mean we put just, a lot of people in yeah space. we oh built we bit off more than we could chew the size of the space you know we the whole program we were doing out there you know we were like making baking all of our own pastries and bread program and you know, all that stuff. And then pasta and small plates and Neapolitan pizza. I mean, it was just so ambitious and such a big space that we really struggled out the gate. And then, you know, our chef who was Edwin's boss at the time, literally just walked out like one day. And, uh, and then while, you know, Stephanie and I were having Is a conversation it a with mystery. Him, Why? Um, no, I mean, he had just, it was too much too for him. Much. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So, um, Edwin just like 20 year old Edwin was like, all right, I'm stepping up. I got this shit. And I mean, this is still still a pretty incredible story. I mean, takes over this
0: whole thing up until now has been nothing but incredible. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing that
2: I mean, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, Edwin literally steps into the leadership role without the title and takes over the restaurant, 10,000 square feet, like monster programs everywhere. And, steadies the ship and we fix all of our problems and the restaurant is successful and does well for six years in Emory. And eventually he gets promoted to executive chef wow. along the way. But yeah. I mean, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, But the, like, the thing that's that's always amazing to me is to
0: think of... And now knowing how crazy of a story iberian pig and double zero was like but just to think of like where you guys are like launching sugo and then underneath that is the iberian pig and then while that's like still growing you're like yeah you know double zero 10,000 square feet like we got it and then <laughs> everyone's like i'm 20 years old i'll i'll step up and then like that starts growing and so like you guys have three restaurants two of them relative well how old is sugo at this point
2: yeah. Um, just a couple of years, right? Yeah. Well, new new ownership, only a couple of years since we, you know, I took yeah. over from the previous So, I mean, yeah, for you guys, it's, it's like yeah. brand new. Two years. No,
0: three years. So, you guys are like just biting off more than you even like know how to chew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the story is insane. You know how to chew. Yeah, That's yeah. the yeah. key yeah. word. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't even learn how to chew because that. Because day. like, I mean, That's we're right. talking about like the business side and like opening restaurants and like, I mean, the thing that I'm also coming back to is because like i I've, I've dined in pretty much every the only one that i have not been to is actually sugo i've been to every other one of your guys restaurants before many times and i'm thinking about like the menu like the culinary aspect and like what's it like during year one you know and what's it like from from like the guest perspective like what are people like so blown away by like what what is it like in the kitchen
3: um i I think from my perspective i think that's like the best part about that evolution and I guess long-term looking back to see kind of where, you know, we were even like when the Iberian pig opened to where double zero was when it opened and then kind of comparing the two Um just to see like, man, did we really put that shit on a plate? But then there's <laughs> other things that you're like, that's pretty cool. That we so did good. That. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that that, you know, that was pretty awesome, you know, but like the, the best ones are when you look back and you're like, I can't believe we got away with that shit. And people liked it, you know, just because like how, you know, food changes and like things that were fantastic then weren't necessarily, aren't necessarily like, you know, looked and like celebrated now, if you will. Sure. Um, So I think for me, that's kind of the the fun part about it is just being on that journey and like just riding through that evolutionary wave, if you will, Mm. um, on the food side of things. Yeah.
1: John? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, that, especially that time in, like, the food industry was very, uh, it was, like, a very particular evolution. It was, like, you had very avant-garde stuff, and it was the first time, like, I remember we got the first polyscience, uh, circulator, and it was, like, a thousand dollars, and we were, like, oh, my God, like, we have to make this work. Like, we were rolling everything into tubes and, like, sous vide it, because it was, like we're going to take this pork tenderloin, we're going to wrap it in more fat and then we're going to like put it in this liquid and we're going to sue it for Once like again, an hour. I can't hour, believe we you know got away I mean? with that shit. Like, and it <laughs> was like, everything was like that, you know? And it was, um, like nowadays you have, you know, like 19 year olds get circulators for Christmas sometimes. And it's like back in the day we were like, that. we were like the thought of even buying a vacuum sealer was like, <gasps> we cannot afford that? Are you crazy? That's a luxury. That's a luxury, yeah. So it was funny, because I would, like, usually I would be on either break from school or because I went to culinary school in 2009 when the pig was getting off the ground, and then by the time I would come back, in between uh, degrees, I was working with Edwin, and I would work saute, and he would be on Expo, and we would just be getting crushed. And, like, him and I's relationship was, like, built on those nights where we're just going down in flames. And I'm like, I'm cooking as fast as I know how. And, like, like, we would get into, like, arguments and, like, stupid things. But at the end of the night, like, we were, like we don't know what to do. And then Fred would come around the corner and be like, how long? And me and him would look at each other like, does this motherfucker not know how many seats are in this place? Like, what do you mean? How long are the scallops? I just got 30 orders of scallops. What do you want me to do? We have like six burners that I'm working off of oh here. Oh gosh! And uh, um, so it was like a lot the whole of menu like, was on saute. Yeah. yeah. There's a trend here. Oh, It was like, <laughs> yeah, like pastas and like so many, like, things oh and God, it's just like getting is. murdered every yeah, night and yeah. it was like you know edwin on expo me getting crushed on saute fred turning around the corner like trying to make everyone happy like i need this now and i be like i don't know what to do <laughs> Man. and it was Man. just like one of those things where just we evolved the menu to the point where we could execute it as fast yeah. as we needed to yeah and i think honestly that probably set us up for long-term success where we're like all right this is what the menu we're trying to do this is the amount of seeds. This is how we need like to execute. Like, div- I mean, we had never really developed a successful, like kitchen structure, l- like line like before, you know, system, yeah. like, you yeah. know, the French have it like right. perfected and fine dining. Restaurants have, you know, like these systems where everything comes to the past. There's one person finishing everything. Like you're in charge of meat, you're in charge of protein, you're in charge of this. Like really what we were doing was like, Oh, like saute is like we have burners. So like either it's fried, it's in a burner or it's on a grill and like you play everything yourself. So really we just, and then there's know. pizza and then there's pizza. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Which is actually one of the funniest stories from the original double zero is, uh, Edwin. So I'm like a little, little under a year younger than Edwin. Like our birthdays are both around the same time. So, um, Edwin was turning 21. And of course he gets scheduled to open the next morning after his 21st birthday for a buyout for a buyout. For like our very first buyout, our very first buyout. It's like this big deal. And, um, I remember he, like, you know, it was the night of his 21st birthday. He, like, gets off early and is, like, 21st birthday, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going out. Yeah. And (laughs) I was, like, all right, I'll close. I'll close. Like, I got this. So he, like, leaves, goes, shows up the next morning, just, like, still drunk. Okay. For this buyout. Like, wasted. (laughs) And I'm, like, oh, no. (laughs) This is bad. (laughs) Okay. So then we're, like, getting the buyout going. We're, like, sending out platters and stuff. So it comes time to, like, make the pizzas for the event. And at the time, like, Edmund was the most confident pizza person there because I was stuck on saute. The chef, like, didn't really want to mess with the pizza because it was the most technical, like, aspect of the kitchen Of just schedule people that really knew, like, what they were doing. And Edmund was the best at doing it. So we're like, Edmund, we need, like, 20 pizzas for now. So he's, like, making the pizzas burnt. 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 Yeah, like, holes. Ripped. Ripped open. (laughs) And I remember I'm like, oh, (laughs) shit, like. This is bad. So we had to send Edwin home after his twenty-first birthday, which he should have never been scheduled after the night of his twenty-first birthday to begin oh with. Gosh, poor guy. Then, poor guy. And he was just like, "Oh man!" Like he was just like, "All right, I'm good. I'm out." <laughs> and then I'm we like made on. it through the party, and then the rest was history. Yeah. I was
0: that's like, a, I, "I love how much." That's the last time I got sent home. Yeah, that oh, was the good. last time. Yeah, God. that's actually a good reason though. It no is. one's gonna like knock you for that. No one's gonna be like, <laughs> "No." Damn it, Edwin! Everyone's gonna be like, you know what? Good for that guy. Good for that guy. I mean, like, we're in the shit right now, but good for Edwin. At least the fact that
1: he showed up after his 21st birthday. I don't remember driving to
0: work. That's how bad that was. (laughs) Like
3: my my now wife, who actually I met at the Iberian Pig, woke me up and was like, "You've got to be at this buyout like two hours ago." (laughs) <laughs> you better get there and so I'm like alright cool I'm getting the shower and I'm just I'm driving to work I'm like I can't I can't work right now
0: <laughs> how far did you live from Sandy Springs uh,
3: we were indicator so you like know you don't want to
0: incriminate yourself right now right <laughs> we'll stop
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Just> 10 years <laughs> ago the hey you opened oh, a restaurant yeah. with liquor yeah, in, in the building <laughs> statute of limitations <laughs> exactly, is, is well go. passed
0: there's 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 too many like uh, stories that will vie for like superlative status <laughs> there. It's like, yeah. who has the most fucked up story? Yeah. Right. Go. When we opened one of these restaurants,
2: it was like, I think I've got it, but I don't really don't know.
1: Well, th- wasn't at the pig. There was like bones found at some point. Right? Oh yeah.
2: During construction, we got shut down nice. by so, the building department. I mean, we were also in their building without a permit almost the entire time. We're going to have to do like, just there was like a, an excavation. that happened, yeah. Right. And there we were putting the grease trap in and they found bones like human bones well so here's the deal they we thought they were human bones so then they've got they caught it they call the coroner in because they're gonna they're shutting the shutting the whole thing down right and i'm like oh no no." i'm like i'm i'm doa because if we shut if we i mean we're already running out of money if they shut shut it down we're just like we're toast i mean we don't we don't have the money to even get it done now. I mean, and if we're, we have to sit here for another month or two months or three months while they, you know, figure out what's going on here. And so the coroner shows up and takes a look at the bones and examines them and tells us they were pig bones. So imagine that. Yeah. You're shitting with me, right? No. No, yeah.
0: True story. True story. Have you ever told anyone this story as well? Like this is an anecdote that I haven't, I don't think we've told in a while. I'm gonna have to like. We need to do like a whole season of the podcast just about like how you guys open these restaurants. <laughs> yeah. This is Le- insane. It's smoother, so much so less yeah, dramatic. I, was say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think smoother. all these older
3: stories are like the best ones. Yeah, so you're getting the best of it, yeah. right? But now. that's a, that's
0: enough. Yeah. Like that. That's a whole. That's a
2: whole episode right there. And, like, Restaurant openings are a lot smoother now. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> there's not. There's not a whole lot to talk about in <laughs> Buckhead right now. So. Yeah. Well,
0: but it's, that's that's what's so funny because you know one of the one of the things like that. Uh, here's how I want to tee this up. So like you guys are like talking about all these stories about like the hardship of opening and like you're running out of cash and like something's going wrong and like you find bones where (laughs) you need to put the grease trap. And like, so fast forward to 2013 when my wife and I moved to Atlanta, the first night out that we have at a restaurant is the Iberian pig indicator. Nice. And here's what I remember. I remember sitting at the bar, because we got there, for whatever reason, we got there early, and we're not people that show up early, like, oh, let's go have a cocktail before we sit at a table. We're like, we're not those kind of, you know, (laughs) whatever that means. We're not (laughs) not them. We don't do that (laughs) shit. Um, But anyway, we got there early, and then the bartender was super friendly, and he was like cutting the giant ice cubes out of the block of ice, and I'm like, all right, this place is pretty dope, and so it makes me an amazing, and I like gin, so it makes me this amazing gin cocktail. And then we sit down, and then you immediately come to our table. I know you have no recollection of this, which is why I love telling the story. And then you just bring over, for no reason, no reason, just bring over bacon-wrapped dates. Nice. And I was like, whoa. And then you're like, oh, and they go really well with these. I don't even remember what they were. They are like herb, Mercona almonds. So I'm like, what is this place? And then we're just like, do we even order stuff? And then like, <laughs> you, but you like kept coming over. And then I had to ask our, who was our server? I was like, is that, is that guy like the manager? He's like, oh no, that's the owner of the restaurant. I'm like what? So, but you were like cool as a cucumber. It was busy as hell, but like, like really good, like even service. So like, just to show you, you know, the, so fast forward four years and that's the experience that I'm having. And I know nothing about you. I know nothing about like CHG. I know nothing really about Atlanta at this point mm-hmm. this is brand new. And that's like the first instance that I had with like staff and like the experience of like the entire ambiance of the restaurant, the menu, everything was just like, wow. I, but it was because people recommended it to us. Like if mm-hmm. you guys are going to go to Decatur, go to the Iberian pig, that was the first thing that everybody told us to go do. So, that's awesome. but the reason I say that is like, you know, 10 years is a really big milestone. And, you know, I mean, I think just in general restaurant terms, like, why
2: is that such a big deal? So Fred, well, you know, basically what I said earlier, if you you don't celebrate milestones in life, I mean, it's just one day after another, there's nothing to differentiate. And I think that, you know, it is important to recognize when, when you've gotten to a certain point and, You know, we measure these things by years. And I think specifically in the restaurant business, you know, there's a high failure rate. And I like to joke with customers that like there's there's no good exit strategy with restaurants. You know, it's just not, this isn't a tech startup. Okay. (laughs) This isn't like we're going to sell for millions of dollars. This is your exit strategy is you die in your restaurant or you close your restaurant. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Okay. So we have to do something on our end to like celebrate the victories. And one of the victories I think is, you know, is 10 years. And, uh, I think it's been, Um, obviously a lot of challenges along the way and I kind of think about what my life was like before the Iberian pig and I I basically don't even remember that time Hmm. it's like there's like life before it and life after it and everything I remember is basically after it I mean it's Hmm. it's one of those things where it has personally changed my life and the life of my family and the life of many of our people in significant ways and really created and funded The entire growth of the company so for us i mean that is really why it's important outside of just 10 years but um you know obviously milestones are you know important to human beings
0: yeah but i think that's that's a that's an amazing point i think it's it was really the catalyst in in a way that gave you guys the experience the confidence to expand into you know i mean we're sitting in bar mercado which Mm -hmm. i don't don't really have favorites honestly but i think we spend a lot of time here <laughs> nice, and it's probably because we can walk here we could really walk to double zero if we really wanted to but nobody does that but um <laughs> uh, <laughs> you take a scooter <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah um but you know like that 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 really was like the catalyst for so so many other ideas and you know part of like how you guys have scaled this as an entire restaurant group and looking what you guys have under your umbrella now i mean look it's it's just amazing that the iberian pig in Decatur was it, it predated you know the how much you guys have achieved with cooks and soldiers, you know, or like eating brunch at bar Mercado or like, you know, th- I seeing people eat Froze at recess, you know, or Double Zero moving from Sandy Springs yeah. to, you know, is that Emory village? What do we call that? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, I, di- yeah I just mm-hmm. say Decatur. That's wrong though. Right. Can't say it's Decatur. both. Is yeah. it really? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Cool. And I'm not wrong. I'm right about stuff. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's you know like I I think that you're absolutely right though, Fred. Like ten years, like it's it's either insignificant or it's everything that you know you have to give it the recognition that ten years of you know being in the shit sometimes, like you have to look back on it and like probably smiling back then and smiling now and like those are crazy stories. And I'm glad you didn't die, Edwin, on your <laughs> 21st birthday. Yeah yeah (laughs) i'm glad you there are other (laughs) moments along the way pretty close calls Uh, i love it oh man but you know like the 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 other thing that's really great about this is like you guys have you you guys have done something that um that is is really awesome you guys
2: actually opened another location of the iberian pig really i mean how long has it been a couple months four months four months yeah so fast I know well and I think what's exciting specifically you know as we're kind of talking with John and Edwin is just the culinary vi- vision and where we're at today and with these two guys running the the brand in the kitchen um, and you know Decatur and Buckhead respectively and just how how far we've come and you know what these guys are doing on a daily basis and the quality and the execution and the professionalism and the attention to detail and all that stuff is it just a really high level and I'm really proud of, of what they've accomplished, I think, in in really just the last year basically, since mm. we moved Edwin into Decatur and John opened Buckhead. Um, you know, those those two things have, have happened in the last year and we've seen a lot of like great evolution and, and change and growth that's come out of that and I think that it's you know, it's shown in the success that we've had in Buckhead and also continued in Decatur. Yeah. So,
0: from from your guys, that's what I love about doing this in restaurants is, like, someone just dropped... The occasional like drop. I love it. Someone's Isn't always going to drop something. It's yeah. my favorite thing, though. Always. The, the best thing is when you hear that sound, and then two seconds later you hear someone's like, Shut! You know, yeah. or Whatever like I, I love it's that it's the break it's like the break thing. that's the worst yeah. if
1: it's like a like that you're like oh it's a pan yeah, yeah, it rattles not a big deal it's a glass you're like
0: who was that yeah because you know it was like the <laughs> I'm coming the, for yeah. you yeah. <laughs> it was the wine glass that like if you look at it wrong it's going to break you're like oh it's why would you so do that? fragile yeah but yeah I mean from, from your guys perspective you know just like how, how it's how, how has it grown or changed you know what I mean like I mean cooking in you know one of these restaurants for now 10 years and the other one for four months but it's the same same name you know right. a lot of the same things you know but like how how does that look and how does it how, how is it similar but also how is it different
1: yeah i mean i think the iberian pig like from a brand standpoint is so established and you have people that are like so invested like you have there's people that come in they're like i celebrated my birthday here five years ago or like i got married here there's like so much attachment to the concept wow um, which is funny because Like me personally, I wasn't super involved in the Iberian pig brand from the beginning because I went to school, I left for school in 2009 to culinary school in New York. And by the time I came back, you know, from doing that and working in New York and working in Spain, we were like ready to open Cooks and Soldiers. So like I was pretty much like hands off from the concept for a long time and was always just like involved in whatever the next, you know, project was, whether that was like helping Edwin move double zero or helping open Cooks and Soldiers or menu development for Bar Mercado. Um, and I think like me finally, like getting into that brand from like a culinary perspective was definitely like a change. Cause, um, you know, there's not, we don't have as much like strict culinary structure around our other concepts. Like we do the pig because of how attached people are. Like if you try mm. to take the, the bacon wrap dates off the menu, like you would Revolt. lose a limb. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like people freak out. It's like, mm. I tried to change a cheese that was on the menu and it was like, Oh my God, the Monte Nebro is gone. Like, what are you doing? Like, and it was just like crazy <laughs> to me. And then you realize like this is why it is so successful because people are so attached and like they are so invested in this concept and like what we do here that they love it so much that like there's like a physiological response to like the Iberian pig as a brand. Um, so for me, like coming into that was different and now like, you know, doing menu development and like we have like our staples that we don't change and we do that and we have our new location and like working with Edwin is so easy because like I was 20 on saute and he was 21 on expo. Like we just have like like a lot of chemistry to the point where like, this is what we want to do. Like you're working on that. I'm working on this. Like, you know what I mean? There's just like a lot of like, like cohesion to like what we're doing as a brand from the culinary perspective, which I think is really rare um you know you have like multiple locations of anything and they're like oh like i'm i'm the chef i'm gonna like dictate this is what we're doing we have a chicken dish on the menu this is my idea your idea sucks you know what i mean versus like when we have this concept like and <laughs> yeah. it's not like, a, like it's not like a culinary <laughs> dictatorship. like you know what I mean? we're like hey like uh, oh like what are you doing with duck oh that sounds awesome like we should right. try something similar like what are you doing with this like what you know what i mean it's just like there's a, a lot of like communication and yeah a lot of like Sharing of ideas, which is which is really rare in a multi-concept like restaurant. Yeah, I like that quote though.
0: I want to work for that guy. Uh, got a chicken dish, and this is my idea, and your <laughs> idea sucks. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, who is that guy? Who is that guy? There's that that guy's out there. Yeah, he for really sure. is. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, Maybe definitely. if he listens, he won't be yeah. that guy anymore. we'll yeah. see. he will be like, oh man, that's <laughs> yeah. what I sound like. We'll have to watch the comments on the podcast. And you get comments?
0: No, no. Nope. There's a lot. Of I do. It's just a lot of like. Emails. It's oh, okay. not like if people uh-huh. don't like comment on, like people don't write reviews for it's the podcast like the and say, like, no, well, you can write reviews for the podcast, I should say that. But not but for like individual. Yeah, episodes. people don't say, like, man, really love that episode with Edwin and John and Fred and love that part about the chicken dish. The and the Nobody says yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So I, maybe people should, though. They I should. want people to encourage it. that. Yeah. Comment below. Yeah. Comment below. I'm just as you listening up to where, this. Wherever that is. Swipe right. <laughs> bl- bl- what, you love know. me? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, this has been really fun, guys. This has seriously been my favorite interview that I've done in a very long time. Nice. Um, I usually try not to laugh a lot, like when mm-hmm. something's really funny, but those are really good stories. And I. It's kind of weird, like I. That's why I was asking you, like, have you ever like told anyone these stories? Because those are the kind of things that, like, if I heard that, I'd be like, that is fucking crazy, <laughs> and wow. Um, but man, like, ten years is, you know, it, I, I've only been here for seven of those. So um, when you talk about ten years, like that, that's a lot of ground that's been covered in Atlanta um, as a whole, like for the for an entire city. Mm-hmm. And for you know one restaurant to now become two locations, and then you guys have, you know, scaled the, the the restaurant, you know, family in in a lot of different directions. Um, it's just a really cool thing, and I, I think it's just a fun thing that a lot of people would enjoy celebrating. Like the person who's pissed that you took a cheese off the menu, or like, right. you know, something is is now different, or you know, and. Um, but also in a good way, people have you know gotten engaged or like they've you know come to see you, Edwin. Like after Edwin got engaged in the restaurant, did you yeah, really? I, know. I got engaged at the
2: Iberian Pig. Yeah. And wow. has met his wife. Anne. And I met my wife there. I <laughs> mean, but but seriously, I mean, <laughs> but at least at least for Edwin and I, I think that a lot of our life has transpired oh, yeah. in that well, restaurant. Yeah,
0: you know, and like we could, our adult can... Our lives. Yeah, we can continue to like wax like on <laughs> yeah. and on and on about <laughs> yeah. like so much of your life has been within a set of walls. But yeah. it really has. And, but I, I, I look at it, you know, just from, I mean, honestly, like I'm just an eater in one of these restaurants wherever I am with like my family. And, but to know how much of a mark of history and also how much... Like, crazy hardship, trial, difficulty, hard 21st birthdays, you know, like that kind of stuff. No, like, were, it was a good one. Well, was, it wasn't yeah, hard. It was the right next day was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday was great. It was just, yeah. you know, but, um, But, yeah, it's, you know, there, there's there's a lot there that's um, that's worthy of being celebrated. And I think I told you we were going to do 25 minutes, and now we're 54 minutes in. So. There you go. There, there you go. Can go. go. I I keep going. So, um, I can't wait for 10 more. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Let's Let's keep it it rolling. Ten more. So how do we end this thing? How do we end this episode? It's usually like, Like, what do you have going on next? You're like, uh, the next ten years of our life. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Break. Um, Yeah. Uh, But with that, happy ten-year birthday to the Iberian pig. Thanks, man. Fred, it. Edwin. Thanks (laughs) Thanks, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Happy 10th birthday to the Hyperion Pig, and many congrats to Fred, John, Edwin, and the entire CHG team. If you'd like to check out the previous episode where I sat down with Fred and Stephanie Castellucci from last season, go check out the episode page on our website. It's a really awesome story, and I, you just get a, a really good sense of how much their story has really evolved since they all moved here way back when, and it's just been one restaurant after the other. Uh, it's just a really awesome family, amazing story and just uh, people that I generally love. And um, again, you know, if if you guys haven't had a chance to, go visit chgrestaurants.com to learn more about the incredible group of restaurants under the Castellucci umbrella. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz, And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry.